Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network here at American Airlines Arena after the Miami Heat beat the Memphis Grizzlies 120-101. to We'll get to the episode here in a second. I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network and the Five on the Floor podcast, and that's Dutch Valley Farms. What's Dutch Valley Farms? For starters, they're not your average cannabis grow farm. They've got deep roots in the 305, and this hometown group of doctors, CPAs, and Silicon Valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 to make you the finest flower out there. How does Miami find its way? all the way out to Oregon. Simple. A team with shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud. Today, the Dutch Valley Farms crew is bringing together old school growing practices with new school tech to deliver a consistently clean, high quality experience you can feel good about. The proof is in the plant. You want more information? Visit DutchVF.com. That's DutchVF.com or follow them on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. And now on with today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor. A Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. I don't know how to explain it. Kendrick, I've, I've never seen him like look like he's ever under stress or anxiety or pressure. Kendrick, Kendrick just plays at this very steady fourth quarter pace and he does that throughout the course of the entire game doesn't get sped up even when guys get up and into him Uh, and that's part of the reason why he's uh, such an efficient basketball player Uh, low turnover uh, you you feel confident that he's going to get you a a look somehow because he plays at at a pace that uh, is under control but still puts a pressure on the defense. Ethan Skolnick back at American Airlines Arena, as I mentioned, 120 to 101 over the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm here with Alex Toledo, who is no longer at Tropical Blanket. He's now Alex on the floor. He's traumatized by this change. We've got Alphonse Sidney on my left. You can't really see us right now, but Alphonse Sidney at Alf954. Before we get to the meat of this, I want to thank everybody. We just had our best two days ever at the Five on the Floor podcast. We had over 10,000 downloads over 48 hours. So obviously, there's interest in this team. And we saw why tonight, guys, because no Jimmy Butler. We don't really want to say what it is, what we believe it is, what we've heard it is. But I will just tell you, it's not bad. It's not something to be concerned about. We expect him to be back, if not the next game, then the game after that. So this is not going to be an extended absence. But it was a surprise. He was at shoot around earlier in the day, and we anticipated that he would start. And then we got the announcement on the starters. And I did like a little happy dance because I thought I was right about what I've been saying about Tyler Hero was going to be a starter for the Miami Heat. And he was a starter for the Miami Heat. But he was the starter replacing Jimmy Butler. The fifth starter, the guy that we've talked about all preseason, was not Kendrick Nunn. Let's just put it that way. Like we said, who's going to start with, with this group? Okay, possibly it would be Goran Dragic. Then we found out he was going to come off the bench. Then it was, okay, maybe it'll be Tyler Hero. Maybe it'll be Duncan Robinson. May, probably not DJJ, but one of those guys it could be. And it turns out that all along, the Miami Heat were planning to start Kendrick Nunn. 
And when we look back now, and I'll start here with Alex, I guess we should have anticipated this because the way that Eric Spolscher has been talking about Kendrick Nunn, loves the Chicago guys, plays at his own pace, never gets rattled by anything, that, and then he has the 40-point game against the Rockets, that we should have anticipated a big role. I don't know about a starting role. 24 points for Kendrick Nunn tonight. He was not the star. We're going to get to the star. That was Justice Winslow. But 24 points tonight for Kendrick Nunn on a night that the Heat rookies had 46 points and KZ Akpala didn't play until the last minute. What did you make of the decision to start Kendrick Nunn? Because that was the biggest surprise today. It was definitely a surprise, right? Uh, and also just Jimmy not playing was a letdown. But Kendrick Nunn came out and he showed that he is right now at this stage a better player all around than Tyler Hero. He also has four years on Tyler Hero, right? So, But the fact that he followed up that 40-point game with a 24-point game where he shot 10 of 18 and he just looked like they couldn't stop him. You know, he's getting to the rim every time that he wants. He's getting to the pull-up shot whenever he's he's a, you know, pretty good playmaker. He's a dog on defense. I think he's a real player. I think it's obvious that he has to be in the rotation going forward. Yeah, definitely has to be in the rotation. I mean, not just rotation. I mean, they wanted to start the guy. They, he's their starting two guard in their minds right now. And we listen to Eric Reed gush about him and gush about him and gush about him on the pod uh, that dropped uh, right before the game. And like you said, maybe we should have known already that that he was going to start at the, the two guard position. But um, yeah, I mean, he was just super, super impressive. The game seems really slow for him. He doesn't seem overwhelmed by the moment. You could tell that this, he's a guy who played four years of college basketball. I don't know if it was three or four years of co college. I know he had some trouble or whatever, but he looks like a guy who just belongs. He's none of the none of the first game jitters that you you see from normally see from rookies. Yeah, the biggest thing that I've liked about him from the beginning, other than the overall performances, and I've said he has not had a bad game. I have not. I was at summer league preseason. He has not had a game where you've come out of it and been like he was a negative for them tonight. He's been a positive for them every single time he plays. But the biggest thing about his game that I like. He's got this little hesitation dribble. And to me, it symbolizes everything else that goes on with his game. It's like he's, and again, Memphis is a young team. They're going to face more veteran teams than they, they face tonight. And I thought Tyler Hero ran into some trouble tonight that we're going to talk about that he's going to face against other teams. But the thing about him is you talk about pace. It's like he's playing one way and everybody else is playing another way and he's not going to be rushed and he's going to make sure that he gets to his spot on the floor or he's going to make an adjustment to get to his spot on the floor afterwards. And, and you know, we talk about, like, I didn't envision that he would be in the starting lineup this quickly, but I knew he was going to be part of the rotation because this is an organization that will play polished guards it doesn't matter that they're rookies if they're polished. Norris Cole came in and he was polished. Mario Chalmers came in and he had played in big games in college, and so he was he was polished. By the way, thank you, Goat, for retweeting me tonight. Mario Chalmers, appreciate that. But but Kendrick Nunn came in and he has been polished from the beginning. And you mentioned it; he's been better than Tyler Hero in terms of consistency before the forty-point game. Both ends uh, defensively. I mean, yeah, you don't have to scheme around him like you do with Tyler Hero, but. Kendrick Nunn and the press conference afterwards or his little press gathering in front of his locker, it's like he's totally cool about this. This was no big deal. I mean, he just played his first NBA game, you know, in this situation as a starter in a home opener and has 24 and he's like, whatever, whatever. And that's just that's the attitude he's had the entire time. 
What's impressive also is he got into foul trouble early, right? So you would think that would tone down his aggressiveness. He would think, okay, well, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm screwing up my big chance, right? He got in that foul trouble early, and every time he came back into the ball game, he, it's not like he, he was easing up. His defense, he was just as aggressive. He was just as tough. He went into the lane with reckless abandon. I don't, actually, I don't want to say reckless abandon because, like you said, Ethan, super controlled. Right. I mean, Justice was was a guy with reckless abandon today. We'll get to that. But he was in foul trouble early. You would think that would rattle a young guy. But I mean, it's like Justice said after the game. He's an he's an older rookie. He doesn't he doesn't come off as a rookie. He doesn't come off as a young guy. Him or Chris Silva, uh, for that matter. And the question that has to be asked before we get to Justice Winslow, who is the star of this game, if Kendrick Nunn's going to play like this, where is there room for Dion Waiters? Because, you know, and we're going to talk about Dragic, too, because Dragic had some comments that you can extrapolate a little bit about what the team feels about Dion right now. But if Kendrick Nunn's a starter, and maybe that's what Dion was reacting to, because we never sort of put that into the equation. We were talking about oh, maybe Tyler Hero is starting ahead of him. Maybe Duncan Robinson starting ahead of him. But if Dion was informed that Kendrick Nunn was starting ahead of him, you know, a kid who's not even a first-round pick for them, right? <laughs> Undrafted guy they picked up the last day of the season, and he's starting ahead of Dion Waiters after Dion got himself into shape. That may explain, not justify, because I'm not going to justify it, but it may explain why Dion has kind of acted the way he has. All right, let's get to number two uh, here, which is Justice Winslow, who was the best player on the court. And it wasn't close. And so this is what you wanted to see. And it's not just what he did on the court, which I thought he fed off his defense. He ended up with 27, 7, and 7 tonight, made half of his shots, 10 to 21. And also, uh, he only made one three, so it wasn't about the three ball, but he got to the line. One of two, he was 50%, so everybody can get off his back about that. Right, but, but he's a sniper. But 27, 7, and 7 tonight, but I thought he fed off his defense. His defense in the fourth quarter of this game in particular, that run. They Remember, they came in in the fourth quarter of this game down a point it was justice and the kids and that's what i'm saying it was justice and the kids he's not a kid anymore he's not and i i asked that every day i said you sound like a young you sound like a vet i mean this is rook one it's like i've been playing basketball for 18 years i've been playing since i was a sperm uh basically after the direct quote so it's just his level of confidence right now and poise the way that he played tonight. And before I get to you guys, I want to get to one quote from him. And, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get the sound on this in future episodes. But obviously tonight was a little bit chaotic. But there was one quote from him that, that I think symbolizes it. He said, this is who I am. I'm not going to have 27 and 7 every night. But my role is to lead this team. And I want to be held accountable to it. I've earned it. This is a fourth-year player now. And somebody who's been through it who has talked about the difficulties he had with depression because he didn't live up to expectations. He's almost been traded 55 times in the press. He has a group of people calling him Bustus, a bunch of idiots on Twitter. And he has a game like this tonight. So, Alf, what did you like from Justice tonight? And what when Jimmy comes back, things change a little bit, becomes a little bit more Jimmy's team. What can Justice take forward? Um I thought in the first half, there were a couple times he was passing up layups, passing up shots around the rim, trying to get um, trying to get guys guys in the corners, guys guys beyond the guys beyond the arc, trying to get other people going. But what I did what I liked the most about him tonight is he recognized what his team needed 
and he gave them that, especially in the second half, like you were saying in the fourth quarter where the defense just stepped up. I mean, he was a leading scorer for the team the entire game. But it wasn't just the scoring. He started be, he started play, making the defensive plays, started getting the rebounds, assists. He was just doing everything that the team needed. And out of everything that I liked the most is the fact that he got to the line nine times. If Justice Winslow is going to get into get to the line six, seven, eight times a game, that's going to be huge for this team. Now, he has to hit better than a 66% clip, which is pretty much his career average. He needs to get up into the uh, mid-70s at least. But if he's going to be that aggressive, if he's going to get to the line, that just bodes well for the entire team because they fed off of his aggressiveness. And you could just see other guys saying, if, if Justin, Justice can get in the lane, so can I. And you just started seeing it build and build, and they just, they just overwhelmed the Grizzlies in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I absolutely loved what we saw from Justice tonight because – not only was he able to take advantage of the mismatch when he had the smaller point guard on him, which is going to happen to him all season, he was t- you know taking them into the paint, bullying them. But not but not only that, but he was also hitting in the mid range game, right? He was doing those little turnaround jays that he's been shooting since last year. He looks way more comfy taking them now. He takes them in rhythm in the middle of the offense, and the fact that he's able to develop that in between game, I think that's going to help with the rest of his game as well. But. Uh, to hop on what uh, what Alf talked about right now with the free throw attempts, if him and Bam can continue to do that, that is going to be huge for the offense. And I think that's a huge if because I'm not 100% sure that Justice and Bam are going to be as aggressive as they were tonight when Jimmy comes back. Uh, I don't think we saw that when Jimmy was playing, even though Jimmy wasn't playing 100%. But I would love to see Justice and Bam be this confident and aggressive when Jimmy is on the floor as well. Well, Jimmy will have to make up some of that slack, and I think he will once – you know, especially you know, once he gets back in a rhythm and then what he'll do in the fourth quarter where I could see Jimmy getting to the line seven, eight times in fourth quarters and changing the equation there. One of the things that we saw in preseason, though, which bodes well for what we saw tonight, is that Jimmy does let other guys get to their games. So if, if, if this is what the team needs, I do see uh, Jimmy saying, okay, Bam, Justice, I saw you guys game one of the regular season. I see what you guys can do. Let the game come to those guys. Jimmy knows he can turn it on whenever he has to, right? So what we've seen from Jimmy is a really unselfish player, which is funny because that's not the story we heard about him coming in to when he coming into the team. Now, from other reporters, we heard this about Jimmy and his former teammates, some of them. But, you know, fans are saying Jimmy's selfish, Jimmy's this. But he has let other guys get to their game all preseason, and maybe uh, it'll, it's something that will see parlay itself into the regular season. Well, that's why I think tonight was so good for this team. And Justice said it after the game also. He was asked by, I think it was Chris Fisher of Channel 6, was asked about the idea that everybody has talked about this being Jimmy's team. And Justice, who is at the point of his career where he will challenge a question, went back at the question, went back at the question, look, who said that? Who said that? Who said that? And he's making the point that that's not what they believe. It's not to disparage Jimmy Butler, but it's not what they believe that this is just Jimmy and, you know, the fluff around him, right? Like, this is not like a bunch of Tito Jacksons, right? Like, that's that's not the way that they're evaluating it. And from the very beginning, this is why I have felt that Jimmy Butler's offseason and preseason was as perfect as it could possibly be, especially in the context of what we'd heard about him. 
everything. He's not just on the court. Everything he's done has been to lift these guys up. Everything. Making sure he called Bam on his birthday. Making sure he's working out with Tyler Hero in Chicago. Taking that picture with Justice Winslow. Putting Justice Winslow on the same level as him. Right? That photo that they took made it seem like Jimmy's like, He's on my level. Tyler Hero working out with him last night at University of Miami, right? He's on my level. He's done those things. And that's one of the things that I thought LeBron always did so well that he never got credit for. LeBron would pick up the bottom guys on the roster. He didn't do it so much in Cleveland. He did it here in Miami where he would make sure Ray Allen, who was here tonight, almost never here, which was unusual in itself, and they honored Ray tonight. But Ray told me when he came here from Boston, the thing that impressed him the most about this organization and particularly LeBron was that when they would go on the road, he said everybody got a text to go to breakfast, that LeBron would set off the text chain to all 15 guys Mikel Gladness and Terrell Harris, okay? We're going to breakfast today. And Ray said that never happened in Boston. And Jimmy has done the same thing here that LeBron did, except Jimmy is more relatable than LeBron. And so I think it's worked even better. So uh, one more quote from, J- from Justice before we kind of move on here. He said, I told my guys, I told my guys that you only get so many season openers. His guys. And, again, that's the way I think that Justice is looking at this, is that this is, to a degree, his team. What I found interesting is who addressed the team without Jimmy there? Who addressed the – not the team, I'm sorry – the crowd, game one of the regular season, Justice Winslow. Without Jimmy in the lineup, who was the last guy announced? Justice Winslow. So you see, okay, when Jimmy comes back, that's going to change. But you see the 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 esteem that the our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The rest of the team and the organization holds them in because without Jimmy Butler here, this is Justice's team. All right, let's get to a veteran guy here before we go to a break, Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic had 19 off the bench tonight. Did not have a great first half, but I thought I had an exceptional second half. And there was uh, some comments from Goran after the game that, again, we got to apply back to Dion here because some of this is in the context of Dion, where Goran was asked, how did, how did this come about? When did you find out you weren't going to be a starter? And he said that Eric Spolstra sat him down, told him he wasn't going to be a starter. How did he handle that? And Goran made it clear that he wasn't thrilled about it, right? He's, we're, we're competitors, right? How do you, what do you think? What do you want me to say? But then he said, but we're professionals. And now Alex took the video, you posted it on Twitter, of him talking about how he wants to be sixth man of the year. And this is why Goran Dragic, if he wants to, is going to finish his career in Miami. And this is why Deion Waiters is going to be shipped out of here. (laughs) I mean, it's just that simple. Because Goran accepted a role that is perfect for him. And when when you listen to Spolster talk about it, he sounded like we've sounded on the podcast, right? 
we I'm able to sort of manage his minutes a little bit, right? We're able to get the absolute most out of him. And what did he play tonight? How many minutes did Goran play tonight? 25 minutes, perfect. That we we they they did. They needed him more than they normally did, but we said all along 22 to 25 minutes was about where you want Goran Dragic to be and potentially to play at the end of games. But the other thing I want to focus on here, and I posted some video at Ethan J. Skolnick, I thought Justice and Goran looked really good together again tonight. <coughs> and Alf, you've mentioned that. That had been a struggle for a little while. But it feels like Justice, and he kind of acknowledged this, enjoys being the point guard, but also wants some possessions where he doesn't have to be. And playing with either Kendrick Nunn, or with Goran Dragic, allows him to play off the ball a little bit more. And I thought that was a big factor here tonight also. So, yeah, I absolutely love what Goran was doing tonight. He did start off slow, but he is so made for the six-man role. And we've been saying the same thing over and over again for months and since, you know, last year when he was playing the six-man role and Justice was starting. But ever since they put Justice as the permanent starter and Goran has just kind of had to deal with the repercussions, he has been awesome, man. He is the fact that he's now changed his game from somebody who, uh, when he first got here, was somebody who would mo mostly drive to the paint, you know, do a little crafty post stuff as well. He doesn't do any of that anymore for the most part, despite the fact that he got uh, to the line 10 times tonight. He's now a perimeter scoring guard, and he is absolutely killing it. He's getting to his shot whenever he wants. He looks really comfortable getting into the rhythm of his shot. And, like, he's going to be a top five six man of the year candidate if he keeps coming off the bench. It's obvious to me. And,. Just the way that he goes about it, man. He, you love him, right? Like any, any, I don't know how any Heat fan could have any type of disdain for him at this point. And I, I think that you're looking potentially after the season. Maybe it's a one-year deal, and then they take care of him after that. Or maybe it's three years. You're finishing your career down here. He's never wanted to go anywhere. His family loves it here. He likes blending in a little bit. He takes his kids to the park. He puts a hat on so nobody sees him. And it's just, like I said, it's a perfect perfect role for him I, I guess the, the question would be uh, again I'm going to put this in the context of Dion Jimmy's coming back right okay so Hero goes back to the bench and we're going to talk about Hero after the break but Tyler goes back to the bench so you've got Tyler and Goran playing together which it has sounded like that's something Eric wants to get to we've been concerned about that defensively but offensively they should be pretty damn good so where where does Dion fit you have your backup backcourt well, before I get to Dion, I do want to say to all the Heat fans, next time you hear Riley say something at a presser, don't get all apoplectic about it. Like, calm down. Like, if you look at the way Justice Winslow was treated tonight without Jimmy Butler here, Justice Winslow was always going to be the starting point guard coming into the 2019-2020 season. I know what, what Pat Riley said in that press conference, but come on now. Yeah, he, <laughs> I understand. I understand. And listen, they be and and Goran even told you it was a hard conversation to have. So of course, like you have your former All Star, you're not going to throw him under the bus in the off season press conference. But anyway, going beyond that, now I felt like watching this game tonight, Dion Waiters threw away a huge opportunity. Like he, if he would have known Jimmy Butler was going to be out the first game of the season. I mean, he could have put up 40 shots tonight. He could have dropped 50 points. I mean, okay, he probably wouldn't have. We probably would have gone 34% from the field, but that's not the point. What the point is, he could have had a field day tonight. But instead of um, – and I, like I said, I don't like casting aspersions on guys, but so instead of, like, talking negatively about Dion, I just talk positively about Goron. 
accepting the role that you're given, even though you might not like it, but everybody has to eat you-know-what every now and then. And instead of just uh, sulking and being upset about the new role, Goran says, you know what, I'm going to take this role? I'm going to take this role and be the sixth man of the year. I'm going to come out. Maybe he had, a, he had an uneven first half. He came out the second half, saw what his team needed between him and Justice. Like, I, like you said, they played very well together. I thought they did not play well together in the first half, and they clicked. And one thing I, I'll say, when I've seen these guys in the locker room, Goron and Justice, they have a – I don't know if they, I wasn't around last year in the locker room, but they seem very close, very connected. Yeah, no, they have. They, they seem like they have a really good relationship. And I think that's starting to – you're starting to see that reflected on the court. Yeah, they have had a good relationship. Remember, uh, there aren't many guys here who have been longer here longer than Justice. Um, it's Udonis and Goron. The two of them, pretty much. That, that's it. That's it. I mean, there's nobody else. I mean, Josh Richardson's gone. Rook two is gone. The rest of that core, Whiteside's gone. Um, you know, Dion came in in sixteen seventeen. But remember, Justice was drafted in fifteen. I mean, he's the third longest tenured player on this particular team. So. They have a relationship. I think it got complicated because of the point guard situation. You know, Goron had always kind of taken Jay Rich under his wing a little bit more, I would say, than Justice. And look, Justice is kind of had, like he said, Justice said at Media Day, he's got to find a new best friend. Like he was with Josh all the time down here. So it, it heartbreak. It, ha, it, it has been a little bit complicated, but uh, you got to give credit to Goron for what he's done. And I think Goron can sustain this. The entire season. I, I don't see why there's any reason as long as they keep the minutes down. I want to tell you about another great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. We share an office with them in North Miami. They take cases from all over the state. They handle every conceivable type of case. Although if you have a traffic ticket, I would really recommend going to onecalllegal.com. That's spelled out onecalllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to help you out guide you to the right attorney and they, as I said they will take care of your traffic ticket $49.95 or more but mine was that and they got it thrown out for me so onecalllegal.com the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm been incredibly supportive of us and we hope that you support them all right let's get to number four here today that's Tyler Hero and if you look at one guy who struggled tonight other than Duncan Robinson who we're just assuming is going to struggle at this point Myers Leonard was not great and we'll, we'll talk about the guy who, who made up for that but Tyler Hero tonight, I, I think, showed you some of the struggles he's going to run into as he gets into some scouting reports because they gave him no space. And when they gave him no space, instead of getting off the ball, he tried to do something that he probably shouldn't try to do too many times in an NBA regular season game and ended up sort of dribbling into bad spots, turnovers, taking shots maybe off balance, not so much in his comfort zone. And it, his, his numbers were padded a little bit by a couple of baskets late. He didn't play particularly well tonight. And, and that's what I've said about Kendrick Nunn. There has not been a real down with Kendrick Nunn. Tyler Hero has had some big moments, but he's also had some struggles. I thought tonight was sort of the most acute in terms of those struggles. I think he will adjust to it because he is capable of putting the ball on the floor. But I thought there were some things that were forced tonight for Tyler Hero. And also, they're going to throw him in 3,000 pick and rolls. And they did that on the other end tonight. And again, without Jimmy Butler, Alf's talked about this, he can be exposed a little bit. So, yeah, I agree with you that Tyler didn't have one of his best games. But I did see some positives. He was getting a little bit roasted in the first half by some of those guys. I, I can specifically remember one Dylan Brooks drive where he just completely muscled him out of the way. 
But Hero was not getting roasted defensively all game. That's one thing. The real thing that I took away from uh, this game from Hero that was positive was the fact that once they did close out hard on him, he was able to go in and convert on those runners, those floaters. He's pretty. He's got a really soft touch there. And even if he isn't able to, you know, penetrate and finish over contact or finish at the rim necessarily, he's got that in-between game where he's able to hit the runners and floaters consistently. And honestly, uh, he's going to have to hit a lot of those because they're going to close out on him. And the other thing, as far as the shooting, I'm not very concerned because I think Jimmy coming back is going to open things up for him for sure. It's just going to make the defense have to pick and choose, right? Like they're going to have to pick between Jimmy and Hero. And uh, I think it's only going to go up from here. Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel like Hero had a bad game. I felt like he did force it a couple times. I don't think it was that big of a problem. I think he let a lot of things come to him, which is kind of what you want to see out of out of a out of a young player. Um I don't like I don't think it was a the lights were too bright or anything, but I think he was just feeling his way into the game. And I feel like when like uh like Alex said, when he's out there with Justice and and Jimmy, I think it's going to be a little bit easier for him. I think the defensive assignments are going to be easier for him. He's probably going to pick up whoever, you know, the least offensively minded guard is on the other team. So this tonight's matchup, um, I don't know if the if the, if the Grizzlies were a little bit too athletic for him, but I feel like he settled down in the second half. I feel like he played well defensively the whole night. He What do you have, eight rebounds? So if if there's gonna if he's gonna be the kind of guy who's going to find other ways to help the team, even if he's not getting space and not be, not able to get his shot off, I think he's gonna be just fine. All right, let's get to number five tonight. The rookie we weren't expecting to talk about. Like I, I thought Kendrick Nunn we would probably get into at some point, although I didn't expect it to be after a twenty four point game as a starter. Chris Silva though who I didn't like much in summer league. <laughs> I didn't think he distinguished himself in any significant way. They gave him the two-way contract. I mean, he's not even a full-time guy on this team. They've only got 14 of those. And so we saw him do this in a preseason game. But tonight, he completely changed the energy of this game along with Justice Winslow. And he ends up playing 11 minutes. He's plus 18. He's with, okay, this is his stat line. Three of three from the field, two of two from the line. Three offensive rebounds, three defensive rebounds for six rebounds. He picked up five fouls in 11 minutes. <laughs> two turnovers and three blocks, plus 18 at eight points. Like, he had a full box score in 11 minutes, and the comparison that keeps coming across the timeline is Udonis Haslam. Now, and, and here's the thing. Chris Silva did his postgame availability in front of Dwayne Wade's locker. That might be the most unexpected development of the night. Is this a rotation player for them? Because, Or is this just a product of the fact that Myers Leonard looked as bad tonight as he looked good in the preseason? Um, I think he's going to be that energy guy. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to play against bigger teams. I don't know if you could put him and Bam out there against a really big front line. And I, I don't know if you're going to get the same effect that you got tonight. But against the right lineups, against, in the right situations – when you need that energy where there was just a layup line uh, tonight, to be perfectly honest, neither, neither Kelly or, um, or Myers really played exceptionally well around the rim. So while, while there's when – when they just needed that spark, Silver, Silver just doesn't stop. Like that dunk, that was supposed to be, it, was, it was a wide-open breakaway dunk. It was a foregone conclusion. Silver comes out of nowhere – 
and cleanly blocks it. I mean, I know the Grizzly player, I don't even know who it was, was upset, got up, pretended he wanted to fight, NBA tough guy crap. But <laughs> it was it was just amazing to see a guy who just did not stop. And just I thought Myers Myers is going to struggle when you don't have the best perimeter defenders out there. I felt like he did I mean, I think he did his job. He was big, he took up space. He did he I mean, he did challenge Valen, uh Jonas Valanciunas. Um, better than Kelly did, but when teams are running up and down the floor like the Grizzlies were, he's going to have problems out there. And I, I think, I mean, Bam played well 14-11, but he didn't play. Did he play much in the fourth quarter? No, because Chris Silva played the whole damn fourth quarter and, and ended up racking up five fouls at 11 and a half minutes. No, Bam Adebayo basically did all his damage in the first three quarters. Bam only played 24 minutes. And, and it wasn't because of foul trouble. He had three fouls. So he played 24 minutes. And Bam had, though, what we talked about. We haven't talked about Bam much on the pod, and we'll close here. But Bam had what we expected Bam to have this year. Like, not especially efficient. He was three of seven. Tried some things in the post. Didn't really work so well. Looked a little clumsy at times. Brought the ball up the court. But ended up with, as Alex mentioned, 10 free throw attempts. Was a plus 10 on the game. 11 rebounds. Four of them offensive. Three assists. A steal. Had some turnovers tonight. Like I said, he was a little bit clumsy in the lane tonight, but ends up putting up a box score of 14, 11, and 20 minutes when I don't think he played that well. So, yeah, I think Chris Silva is going to be a very nice alternative, another tool in the toolbox for Spo. I think just like we saw tonight, he's going to go to Silva when the team is struggling to guard in the interior and also rebound. Alf's boy, Myers Leonard, <laughs> the great rebounder, only had three rebounds tonight. Uh, I don't think he was terrible, but... He didn't hit any threes. He only had three rebounds. And there was a <laughs> there was a stretch, I believe, in the third quarter where he was just getting slow cooked by the Memphis Bigs. Got absolutely posterized. Uh, big, right? Won't be the last one of the season. Big, right? But I, I think, think Spo is going to go to Chris Silva in times like right that where he board, feels but, like uh, he needs a little bit of a you know, uh, defensive soft. energy guy, right? The Chris Silva came say, in and got six rebounds, three blocks in 11 minutes, right? Hit a bunch of shots in the interior as well. It's so weird, right? Because it's like he's playing in the small sample size and he's getting this plus minus and doing these blocks and rebounds. You know who it kind of reminds me of? bad free throw shot here for years now. If this keeps up and it was like this all preseason, I think that's going to be huge. What he's doing in the limited right, we're, time. We're, we're, everybody, what, we got one more like point. That. Alex, Alf, one more point, one more point. We got 81 more games. We got 81 more games. All right, so one thing that I did like tonight is that the Heat uh, re out-rebounded Memphis by 11 and also held them to 43% from the field and 16% from three. So despite the fact that they didn't, they were let, they allowed 60 in the first half, they did their job on that end. You know what, I'd like some sleep, and I still got to write a Justice Winslow column. That's it. No more. No more points. Five on the floor, 121, excuse me, 120 to 101. See, I'm getting punch drunk at this point. point. No, 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 no more points. Justice Winslow column in the morning. No, watch party. That's right. Watch party Saturday. I should have, that I should have promoted. Saturday night, uh, GQ's. Craft House, I keep saying Draft House, Craft House in Lauder Hill. We'll have some free food. We'll have some giveaways. Uh, you can buy your own damn beer. Talk soon. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.